resurrection, Christianity is a stupid waste of your time. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was a good way to start it, to get it out of the way. The foundation of the Christian faith is the resurrection. If Jesus didn't come back from the dead, all this is a waste of your time. It's a complete waste. If Jesus is dead, his teachings might be good, but they aren't supernatural. If Jesus is dead, we shouldn't take any of this too seriously. If Jesus is dead, that means there's no hope for the dead things in me, the dead things in my life, and the dead things in our world. In 1 Corinthians 15, 14, the Apostle Paul says, If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is a stupid waste of time, and so is your faith. And I know some of you sitting here, or maybe watching online, or you have friends, and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I think of Christianity, a stupid waste of time. Um, if Jesus is dead, you're absolutely right, it is. Religion without a resurrection is a stupid waste of time. Paul doesn't mince words here. He's like clear. He's like, if there's no resurrection, this whole thing's done. Now, I know what you're thinking. The only way I would ever believe that a dead person came back to life is if I saw it with my own two eyes. Like, if I was at a funeral and they're like, been dead for two weeks, we're about to put him in the ground, and then he sat up, I'd be like, this is weird. This is a resurrection. This thing, I'm, I'm going to believe in this. Um, now, it's not just us who thinks like this. One of Jesus' closest students and friends felt like that. His name was Thomas. Sometimes we call him Doubting Thomas. In John 20, verses 24 through 29, it says, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen Jesus alive. And he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and I put my finger where the nails were, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here in my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to me, or said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas, a.k.a. Didymus, a.k.a. T. Diddy, to his friends in the first century. <laughs> that's, that's not good to say. Um, T. Diddy missed the first appearance of the resurrected Jesus, and ten of his best friends, who he had spent three years with, traveling around on a road trip, were telling him, we've seen Jesus and he's alive. He's like, no, no, I've been on a road trip with you guys. I don't trust you. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, that can't be true. I don't trust you guys. I only trust myself. I only trust what I can see, what I can reason, what I can figure out. Of all the disciples, I've always felt most connected to Thomas. And Peter's super outgoing. You know, he's the guy who's always talking. Always, I'm like, I don't. I want to be in the back corner. I want to be avoiding being out front. But Thomas, I, I always saw myself in him. He, I'm naturally cynical. I'm kind of naturally skeptical. As soon as someone posts something on the internet, on social media, I'm like, that can't be true. Snopes.com. I gotta find out why that's not true. <laughs> Nothing I read on the internet, I'm like, everything's a lie. That's just my starting point for everything. Everything I see, I'm like, it's gotta be false until it's proven true. I have to experience something to believe in. And then Thomas sees Jesus, and Jesus says something curious to him. Um, if you want to be shook, just go and look at all the responses Jesus said to people. Jesus says curious things. He says things that still challenge me somehow where I am today, 2,000 years later. Um, go read the curious things that Jesus said in Matthew's account of his life, or Mark's account of his life, or Luke's account of his life, or John's account. This is the curious thing that Jesus said to Thomas. 
Jesus says to believe that he rose from the dead without seeing is actually a blessing. Thomas had an opportunity to be blessed and missed it because he had to see in order to believe. But we, you and I, we have this opportunity to experience some type of blessing, some type of good by believing in the risen Jesus without seeing him. According to Jesus, there's something good to be gained by believing without seeing. I hate believing without seeing. I like to see in order to believe. But Jesus says, I'm going to miss out on something if I always have to see it to believe it. Now, I know dead people don't come back to life, right? That's just a stated fact. We know that. That's one rule we can all agree on. Dead people just don't happen to come back to life. Death is an inevitable, inescapable end for us all. And that's exactly why the resurrection is so important. If dead people occasionally came back, we'd be like, oh, big deal. Sometimes people come back, you know? Jesus is just like, you know, sometimes that happens. That's, this is why it's so radical. If Jesus really came back from the dead, everything about our world has changed. Reality itself has shifted. This has changed everything that we know about what's real. The world is actually a lot more full of light and life than we could ever possibly imagine. Now, famed physicist Stephen Hawking once said in an interview, life after death is a fairy story for people afraid of the dark. I think a world where you live and you suffer loss after loss after loss after loss after loss and then you die is a very dark world. I'm more concerned about people who look at a dark world like that and aren't afraid of the dark. They're like, yeah, yeah that just doesn't bother me. You know, I don't even think about what's next. Something deep inside of us as humans cries out for meaning. Anthropologists tell us that the earliest humans have been telling stories. Since the very first record we have of humans, They've been telling stories. Our brains are hardwired to tell stories. We remember the past in stories. We imagine the future in stories. We want our lives to be more than pointless exercises in survival. We want them to be stories, to have a plot and a purpose. Now, I've talked in the past, uh, and past Easter's and past messages about why I believe the resurrection is true. I'd be happy to sit down and talk to you a little bit about why a skeptical, uh, cynical person like me believes that the resurrection is true. Um, do I have doubts? Absolutely. But today I want to set aside the impossible question of how a dead man comes back to life and instead spend a few minutes with you dreaming about what it means for our world, what it means for our lives, if a dead man came back to life. If Jesus came back to life, it changes the story that we're a part of. We're not stuck in a tragedy anymore. The whole type of story we're in has changed. I had a WandaVision clip to play, uh, but I don't think it, it, we tested it and it didn't work, so I'll just describe it to you. WandaVision, this Disney Plus show, Vision and Wanda are sitting there. Wanda's watching an old Malcolm in the Middle episode, and Vision is an android. He's an artificial life form, and he's trying to understand this sitcom Malcolm in the Middle, and uh, Brian Cranston hits this uh, beam, and the whole roof falls down on him, and Wanda kind of chuckles, and Vision is like, why is this funny? Because the man got grievous, grievous injuries and is dying? And she's like, no, 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 that's not why it's funny. It's not that kind of show. Like, he didn't really get hurt. If it was a show where somebody would get hurt, I wouldn't be watching. In a sitcom, nobody really gets desperately hurt. It's not that kind of show. And he's like, oh, okay, it's not that kind of show. When you're watching Melvin in the Middle, you know someone isn't going to die or suffer a terrible injury. When you're watching Law and & Order and they're investigating a murderer, 
you're not like, I wonder if aliens did this one. There's not aliens in Black Order, right? You know that's not in that kind of story. In the middle of Jeopardy, they're not going to come out and say, we've got a love triangle to solve. It just doesn't happen on Jeopardy, right? You know it's not that kind of story. It's not that kind of show. You turn on a show knowing what kind of emotions that it will elicit in you. The tone of the story sets the stage for your emotional response. Some of us are anxious in this world because we don't realize that the resurrection makes this a story where ultimately everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Everything is ultimately going to be okay if Jesus came back from the dead. If Jesus came back from the dead, it changes the tone of our entire life. It changes the tone of our entire world. It changes the tone of the story that we find ourselves in. It's no longer the kind of show where you die and nothing you did ultimately matters and you're forgotten. The worst moments of your lives, if Jesus is alive, become tombs waiting for a resurrection. Instead of eternal markers of pain, they become markers waiting for new life. If Jesus came back from the dead, it means your loss, your pain, your grief, your failures, your misery, your loneliness, the darkest night of your soul will not be the final herald of your life. All these things will be they will be reclaimed by good life will grow out of death. Jesus on the cross was God buying back life from death. In Revelation 21, 5, it pictures Jesus seated on this cosmic throne. And he says, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down so you don't forget. These words are trustworthy and true. I am making everything new. Everything you lost. Everything you ruined. Everything that was taken from you. Jesus says, write it down, remember it, don't forget it. I am he who is alive but was dead and is alive forevermore. I will make everything new. You're not defined by your worst mistake, your failed dream, your broken relationship, your dead family member, because we're not in that kind of story. On the cross, Jesus traded the best of himself for the worst of us. Because of his death, we can live his life. Because he lived again, we need not fear death. It's that kind of show. It's that kind of story that we're living in. Jesus says, I'm going to make everything new and nothing bad will stay. The followers of Jesus started gathering the first day of the week on Sunday as a testimony that he had risen from the dead because he rose on a Sunday. All over the planet, billions of people gather on the first day of the week to announce that death doesn't win. That's not the kind of story we're in. Life gets the final word, not death. You're here right now in this space as an announcement that there is a counter story about the reality that we're living in. It's a counter story that says you matter and your most painful moment is a pointless agony before you fizzle out of existence. The resurrection is a counter narrative in a culture trying desperately to ignore the impending march of death. The horizon today turns three. Seven years ago, I went to a church planning conference in Texas. I knew what God was asking me to do. He was laying this upon my heart to go and start a church in the Northeast, but I was terrified to do it. And uh, I met this church planner from San Francisco named Ben Pilgrim. We started talking. I shared about my fears. And he asked me, he said, what would you do if you had no fear? I knew at once I moved to the Northeast. Even though the Northeast is known as the graveyard for new churches, New churches just don't last here. They die out. They stall out. It's a hard place to start things. And I would start a church because that's what I felt like God told me to do. That's what I would do if I had no fear. We're here today 
because I believed in something I couldn't see. If the resurrection is true, then there is nothing we have to fear. In Romans 8, 11, Paul says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. As students of Jesus, of Jesus, apprentices of the way that he lived and loved, we have the Spirit of God living in us. And according to Paul, that's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Resurrection power is in you. So I have to end with a question. If Jesus came back from the dead, if we're in that kind of story, if the Spirit of God who raised him is now in you, what would you do? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying in our place so that we might be called children of God, that we might become students of the way that we lived and loved, that we might transform this world by becoming like you, that we might love the outcast, the unwanted, and the unwelcome, that we might welcome people into a family not around race or not around economics, not around our nationality, but around a person who is dead and we get lived Jesus Christ. Today, wherever you are, I just ask that you pray something simple. Help me with my unbelief. If you're really alive, Jesus, if you're really out there, if you didn't just die and run away in a secret tomb that no one found, help me with my unbelief. If he's dead, you have nothing to lose because he no one's going to hear you. If he's alive, I think